normally the way this thing goes, uh, I don't ever tell Tommy what to play. And, uh, or how to do it. And I kind of try to stay out of that. And sometimes got to use what he plays to give me confirmation. And this morning it's, it's not that way. I really feel like God wants to go another direction and I'm trying to trying to stick into that. But let's just see what's going on and just don't judge me this morning, would you? <laughs> be careful to judge lest you be judged. But um you know I guess Debbie and I have been somewhat tied to ministry, some form or fashion, and I'm going to say 20, I'm going to say 20 years. It's been that long? It's been that long. I'm getting young. Getting young, my sister's getting older. But you know, it's it's a long journey. It's been a really long journey. We've gone through so many ups and so many downs, I can't count them. We've had so many heartaches and so many heartfuls. I can't count them. But it's, it's been the roller coaster of life. In our case, the roller coaster of ministry. And you don't ever know from one day to the next what you're about to face. And in most cases, life comes around. How many of y'all know life sneaky? Life's sneaky. It just it, it waits for you to come around the corner when you ain't ready for it, and it slaps you right in the mouth, and it catches us off guard. That's why I feel like a lot of what we do is out of a reflex of our emotion because it caught us off guard. Even though Scripture lines us up and says, <laughs> "In this life, you'll face tribulation." He said, don't, don't get it twisted. You're going you're gonna to face tribulation in this life. But fear not, for I've overcome this world, right? So we, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be caught off guard when we're caught off guard. We should go, oh, I knew that was coming, just didn't know when. <laughs> and sometimes you can just go through that for so long that you get so weary and so tired. How many, how many of you have ever just said, I'm tired of getting up. I'm tired of getting back up. You've been beat down enough to where you, some of you may not have gone through any of this. Your, your life may be full of a bed of roses. And God bless you if that's so. <laughs> but life, man, life is heavy. Life is very heavy. And if we aren't careful, we find ourselves dragging life around from one season to another. I wonder how many could honestly say they're still carrying some part of life that happened then, now. And I think that's half of the cause of us being so worn out at times. Because we're not just tending to the here and now. We're tending to the there and gone. And I'm, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I, I'm, saying, I'm saying that life, that life can get so involved 
that it hurts so bad that it takes a while to get past the hurt that life caused. And before you know it, we're having to fight and struggle with something else. We've not had the opportunity yet to let go of all the other. We're just, some of us are just getting up. Some of us are just starting to brush our pants off. Some of us are still laying and trying to crawl up. So we're, we're, in, we're in that transition of, man, we're almost, if I can just get through this season, if, if God will just allot me a little more time, and once this is done, then I'll be fully functional again, and I'll be ready to go. But lo and behold, before we get to that point, Here's life. And now I'm having to try to let go of this portion while I'm trying to pick up. That's a bad example there, isn't it? <laughs> trying to pick up this portion. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's almost, you're, 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 in the, you're right in the middle of everything. What's more important? Don, what, what do I tend with? Do I tend with what's here now or do I tend with what I'm still struggling with? Which way? Which one deserves the most attention? And if we're not careful, we're paying attention to life and we have forgotten about God. Now, I'm not saying that you become a sinner. Don't get mad at me and leave. I'm not, I'm not saying that you just disregard it. I'm just saying that your life now is so full of attention on other things in life that you can't seem to find the time. I mean, my God, it's a struggle to come to church on Sunday. And pastor's asking to come on Wednesday. Well, he lost his ever-loving mind. Is he saying Tuesdays now and Thursdays? <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Seriously? A serious question. For those of you, for those of us that work, what do we really do when we get home? For those of us that don't work, what do we really do with our time? Preacher got a medal, don't he? I don't know why he's got to do that. Always meddling in somebody's business. But if I told you that if you could enter into the presence of God, and I'm not saying you have to come to church to do that. I'm just saying if you're home, you're most likely not to do that. Dealing with six cats. Your, your, wife, your wife kills your cat. Your wife kills your cat, so you have to tend with that, right? You don't, you don't know how to feel right now about your wife. <laughs> I'm joking. My kitty cat was sick, 14 years old. He had to go. I wanted him to leave with some dignity. I mean, if there was ever such a thing as a thug life, it was him. That dude lived a good, hard nine lives. But we're tending with that. We're, we're tending with dogs, we're tending with homework, we're tending with dinner, we're tending with paperwork, we're tending with our kids, come on, we're tending with bills, we're tending with yard work, come on, I can consume your whole day, you're so busy. Aren't we? And we're still so tired. If I give you an opportunity to tend to something else that would gain strength, would you be interested? If I could show you something that would revitalize and renew your strength, would you be interested? 
Better question. Better question. Would you be willing to apply yourself? That stung. Because, oh, absolutely. I'd love to have my strength renewed. Well, let's go get into a group of like believers. Tonight? I'm tired, man. I'm work 12 hours. I've been up since 3 o'clock this morning. We got it tonight? So what are we going to do? Well, we'll sit and watch the idiot box. I call it the idiot box because I get up sometimes and I just feel stupider. I mean, it's just, it's an hour of my time just went away and I'm going. And you can ask my kid, they go, hey, have you ever seen the movie? I don't know. Oh, yeah, we've seen this one. We've seen this like four times. I don't even know what I'm watching. I'm just one. <laughs> won't give won't give nobody else a remote. We hold them. Don't even know what we're watching. But life. It just keeps wearing. I'm getting to scripture. Hang on. Well, Pastor, we didn't come to church just to hear you talk. I'm going to give you scripture. I'm preaching now. But we give so much lead way to life. Debbie put the thing up one time on Facebook. and I know it came from somebody else, but it was so, so true. Church should be our excuse why we can't do everything else. But we use everything else as our excuse not to do church. Okay, for the religious. We use everything else as an excuse not to talk to God. I don't have to go to church. I got you. I got you. But we use everything else as an excuse why we ain't got prayer time in our life. Why we don't have a moment of just thanksgiving. I'm telling you, man, the other morning I was going to work, I just started crying. If, if some people seen me, Dawn, sometime driving, they would, they would call an ambulance or something. I just bust out crying. I'm going, God, you're, why are you so good to me? He has every right, Michelle, to not show me a sign of favor. But yet in his goodness, he said, Rocky, even though you messed up, jacked up, worked up, and everything that you do, I'm going to bless you anyway. And I'm going, I, I don't get it. I, God, I, I don't get it. You, you're just too good. Sometimes we got to take that time. Balling, crying, going in. Yeah, when you go into a bunch of guys that work construction and you, you, your eyes is all tore up because you've been crying. But you, you the man. Yeah. So you're out in the truck and you. But God's good to us. So if he's that good to us, why do we not give him time? Why do we go through what we go through in life and not give to him? I mean, you ain't got to give all your money to church. You ain't got to be in church seven days a week. But how many of you... It's a lie detector test. I know if you're lying or not. Here comes a lie detector test. How many of you have areas in your life that you can fit God in, but you choose not to? Come on, I got one telling the truth. I got two. Stop lying. You better stop lying. 
Listen, I, <laughs> I used to tell Debbie, let me look at the checkbook because I, we, I'll know, I'll know, I'll know where our love stands with God by looking at the checkbook. Walmart, 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 CVS, vet, vet, killing a cat, vet, Sam's, right? Come on, food, food, food. We love food. We stop. But there's so much in our life that we just, and guys, here. Hear this with love this morning, please. We choose to give to other things more than we do to our Father in heaven. You choose this. It's not by a mistake. It's not by happenstance. It's not by circumstance. We choose this. For those of us that are married, we chose to marry the one we're with. It didn't just happen. But somehow or another, we can choose to put all of our energy into everything else in life and nothing in life gives back. What's the Bible say about walking according to the flesh and not according to the spirit? It's the spirit that gives life. Not our job. Matter of fact, Don, I'm with you. Our job can kill us, can't I? The job will wear you down, won't it, BJ? You just beat you plumb upside the head. Excited about getting it and then fuss about it because you have it. Tommy, I want to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He said. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. And I'm going to read through just a few. This is Paul. How many of you know that, that Paul gave God a lot of his time? Give him a lot of his time. Most of it in prison, okay. <laughs> but he gave God a lot of his time. Watch this. Are they Hebrews? Verse 22. So am I. They Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. Now look. Paul's basically saying, they're this and I am too. I'm even more. Now watch this. I want you to understand something. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you won't face these opportunities of afflictions. Just look at Paul. I speak as a fool. I'm, I am more. In labors, more as a fool. Whoop. In labors, more abundant. In stripes above measure, 
in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, poor Paul, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all churches. Hallelujah. Who is weak? I'm not weak. Who is made to stumble? And I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. And Damascus, the governor under Artius, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascus with the garrison desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped. From his hands. How many of you would say that Paul probably had some stuff in life? Not to bore you, I won't read it again. But do you think that may, just, just maybe Paul may have gone through more than what you've gone through? You agree not? I mean, I, I can just ask one. How many have been beaten with 40 whips minus one? Because they couldn't break the law because they, it was assumed that law 40 times would, would kill a man. So they would always beat them to 39. So they would stay within the law. That's what, Jesus stripes, they, that's what they're talking about. They beat him 39 times because they didn't want to. Anyway. So I would say that Paul, without argument, has gone through way more than I'll probably ever see in my lifetime. Me. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. But yet I still choose to put other things in the place of giving thanks or recognition to God. I'm I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about, because I don't want y'all to get mad at me. I'm talking about me. This is what I do. I choose to put other things. And then I complain about being tired and weary and weak. Can't take no more, God. Anybody prayed that prayer? I can't, I can't. About ready to pull my hair out again. I almost did. Looked like Eric. I, I can't take no more. God, I'm on, the, I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I can't take any more in my life. You poor little pitiful thing. Have you been beaten? Have you been shipwrecked? Been imprisoned? You had to go through any of this stuff, but yet we're so... I wonder why Paul... He said, who's weak? I'm not weak. You saying, I'm weak? I'm not weak. He said, did you not read my resume? This is what I've gone through. Don't tell me I'm, I'm not weak. I wonder why. I wonder why he wasn't weak. I wonder why he wasn't so down on himself. And choose. I wonder what would have happened with Paul if he would have chose not to write to Ephesus. the women would probably be more rebellious against their husbands now than what they already are 
if he wouldn't have wrote Ephesians. So, why is she looking? But he still chose to write. Even in prison, he chose to write. And he would send out for his, for his sons in the faith. Send them to me. Bring them paper and pen. I need paper and pen. Daddy's taught, I, I need paper and pen. I need to write. Always, always doing the work of the kingdom. And always, always finding a way to get out of what he was in. I never remember Paul going crazy on churches. Now, I've heard him talk. Now, he's, he said a few things. But I've never heard him just go crazy. Everything that he, everything that he corrected them on, he corrected them in love. But he corrected them. Even when they didn't like it, he corrected them. But he didn't just throw the church away. But see, if we correct somebody, we won't throw them away. We'll correct them. I'm done with you. You done lost your mind. I'm done. And we won't even go back to that person. Then we say we love them. Then we'll sit on the other side of the church. Sometimes we don't sit at all. Jeremiah 31, 25. I want you to understand this in relation to Paul. You, you've got to understand the setting of Jeremiah, right? In, in, in this text, we're finding the Israelites is in exile. So they are, they're discouraged. I mean, I, I could probably say this with, with a clear conscience. They were probably disheartened heartbroken, thought God had just turned his back on them, that God didn't love them no more. I wonder if they even thought that maybe, maybe this thing about God maybe really isn't, well, Pastor, if they said that, they were crazy because they've seen all these works of, of God up to this point. But how many of us have seen works of God in our life, but yet we still have a tendency to turn? Come on, there's, there's people that fall away from the faith all the time, but Jeremiah 31, 25. Tommy, take this to, uh, go to the NIV with it. He said, man. For I have satiated the weary soul. And I've replenished every sorrowful soul. The NIV puts it this way. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. They're in some of their darkest moments right now. And God showed up to Jeremiah while Jeremiah was sleeping. Jeremiah was sleeping on the job. God showed up to him, spoke to him, woke him from a sleep. From telling him this. That I will refresh the weary. This is God's promise to you. I believe this is God speaking to us right now saying, I understand. I mean, look, we've gone through, we've almost gone through hell in two years. I'm tired. And I'm sure you are. It's one thing after another, after another, after another. We can't get past this before we've got to worry about that. And we're tired. The church has become weary. And God said, I will refresh. I will refresh. See, he, he's, try, he's trying to get us to wake up and understand where our strength does come from. How can we 
tend to what life gives us if we don't put our trust in Him. We see all of these people that commit suicide and, and just turn to drugs and turn to... Can I tell you, they don't just go to stuff like this. They didn't just wake up one morning to go, yeah, I'm done. This has been over time. They don't, they don't know any other way to get out of the stress or to get out of the discomfort or, or, to, or how to heal. Well, Pastor, are you telling me that people that's been in church, they, you're telling me that they, they just went through all this and it was over and over and over and, over and finally they come to their end? Yeah, I'm telling you that Christians... See, this is where this is where Christian people can't handle it. Y'all ever think a Christian took their own life? See, some people go, well, they wasn't saved. Really? Really? I'd say some of them really loved the Lord. But they were tied up in religion where there was never anything spoke about liberty and freedom and hope and promise and how you can walk in that. They were just told about all the do's and the don'ts. They had to worry about more stuff now. Worried about all the things that they've done wrong. There's all this condemnation and all the worry and all the problems of life and they don't know how to go into an hour of prayer. They don't even know how to pray. They don't know what to pray about. But yet they get to the end of the rope. And they say, enough's enough, I can't take it. What if I told you that God said, I will refresh your weariness? Do you turn to Him? Or do we turn to the, the false sense of security and the false hope that we have tied in relationships, tied into jobs, tied into churches? Can I tell you, church ain't going to get you to heaven? <laughs> Some churches probably take you to hell. You better be careful. Just because they call it a church and just because the man speaking wears a white collar... And dashes some smoke around when he wants to. I'm getting too close to home, aren't I? I'm getting too close to some of the religious folks. I'll stop. But not really. Because that's not going to take you to heaven. I don't care how many times the Pope blesses you. I don't care how much smoke he puts all over your head. I don't care how many times they sprinkle your little head. He can't take you to heaven. We are so, we're so tied to religion. It's no wonder we're weary. It's no wonder we're tired. Because we're taught these false doctrines of blab it and grab it and everything should be fine. It ought to work all out because that's what the Word said. It should work completely out because that's what the Word said. But if you don't apply the Word to your life, it won't work for you. But a lot of us go through life with a little bit of heartbreak, a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of betrayal, and then here comes a job problem, here comes a marriage problem, here comes a child problem, and we're still holding on back here trying to fix this, and we're still going here. Or matter of fact, some of us, we ain't try we're not trying to fix this. We're letting it fester. So the further down the road that we go, the harder our hearts are becoming. It's no wonder we're tired. There, can I tell you there's things that has been left in the past in your life that needs to remain in the past in your life? Now, I'm not, I'm not the preacher that says you need, to, you, need, you need to tell your friends to 
The more and more I sit and look at that stuff and I hear it preached, where they talk about. Some of y'all, some of you need to be telling people to, to get behind you and, and leave you alone. They ain't, they ain't meant for your journey and they're not going. I get it. They might not be meant, but can I tell you that everything in the Bible that I read talks of unity? It doesn't talk of separation. Not in the body of Christ. There's a them people and a us. Jesus said that, not me. Them and us. So there's a them people and there's an us. And with us, there's to be unity. You want blessing in your life? You better work on unity. Not separation. Not segregation. Not division. You better work on getting people and drawing people closer. But pastor, they just bring the negativity. I get you. I understand. And I'm trying to help you with those people. But it is not your job to cut them off. God didn't cut you off. And your prayer yesterday was about the problem you got with somebody else. And in reality, it's your problem. He didn't cut you off. Matter of fact, he woke you up this morning and said, you need to get your heart right. After you got to church, he told you to get your heart right. Because we carry the stuff. We are burdened down. My God, it's a wonder that the church is even alive today. We're looking to everything else to make it better. What happened to looking to God? And the whole Bible, it's always talking about lifting your heads up and looking unto the hills and keeping your eyes on him. And it, it's all about looking to him and looking to the cross. And we are bound and determined to look at others. It's no wonder we're tired. I refuse to be tired anymore. Just like I refuse sickness. I, I, I refuse it. And that's where I'm at this morning. I, I refuse to be tired anymore. You hear me say I'm tired? You need to look at me and go, I thought you wasn't going to be tired. I'm serious. I refuse to be tired. Why? Because I want to put my energy and what strength I do have into the loving and caring appreciation to God more than I do anything else. Because he said, those that wait upon him, he shall renew their strength. Tommy, go to Isaiah. I think there's something in Isaiah we need to talk about. Go to Isaiah 43. Put your glasses on, Rocky, so you can see what you're doing. Might as well just read it to be all right. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Not your relate, not the new wife, not the new husband, not the new job, not the new church, not the new clothes. He said, I've redeemed you. And he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be there. And through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. Nor will the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Hmm. 
if God was willing to redeem you, y'all know how he redeemed you. It was through the death of his son. That's how he redeemed you. He paid the price. Jesus was the propitiation of our sin. He gave himself. God said, I redeemed you. If he redeemed you, and it took that to redeem you, why do we think that he's not there? Why do we think that he doesn't care for us? Why do we think that everything that we go through in life, God's not watching? Why do we think that everything that we've got to tend with in life, God's not helping? We've got to realize that our, we're not going to get strengthened by focusing our time and our attention on every little detail in life. It causes more stress than it does anything. I'm tired of stressing. I refuse to stress. She says something that, I'll say it because it's my sister. She'll say something, my sister used to hate it. She says it all the time. What's she say? It's all good. No, it's not all good. I'm about ready to choke a dog. My boss is a jerk. That's all good. My boss got tattoos on his head and he's screaming at me, Jonathan, in the middle. It's all good. It's all good. Because it is. Listen, whether, whether we want to accept it or not, everything that we walk through the Bible says, not Rocky, the Bible says that it will be worked for the good. Whether it was meant for us or not meant for us, whether it was by our own negligence or somebody else's ignorance, it will all work out for the good. It's all good. We don't want to hear that, Pastor. Not listening. I don't want to hear none of it. <laughs> well, we didn't have to deal with COVID. We didn't have to deal with water heaters. We didn't have to deal with brothers. We didn't have to deal with this. We didn't have to deal with that. And I, it's all good. Because when we are able in the midst of our trials and our tribulations, look unto God and say, thank you, God, that you will always give me a way out. It ain't that he won't put more on you. See, false again. People go, well, you know God won't put more on you what you can handle. Oh, yes, he will. You need to read the rest of that scripture without not first making a way out. So everything that he puts on you, there's a way out. Where are you turning? <laughs> door number one, door number two. We often choose everything else but God when we're dealing with issue. Oh, we'll say, God, why am I going through this again? Oh, we'll give him that. Some of us will use his name in vain. Did y'all hear that church mouse? It run across the back. Boy, it was dragging its ink pen. Yes, we will. Because we'll, we'll just scream at the top of our lungs. Jesus! You ain't praying for him. You're not calling upon his name to help you. You're doing it out of frustration. See, everybody thinks it's always got to be that word to be used in his name in vain. That's, you better get, quit trying to bring God down to your level. 
and get up to his level. He's constantly calling us up. But we want to keep bringing him down here because we say, well, God understands. He knows my heart. That's a scary statement because he definitely knows it. And you're going to have to answer for your heart. But have you ever asked yourself, why are you so tired? And listen, I'm not taking, I ain't, I, ain't putting it, I ain't putting you down for it because she'll tell you in a minute. At least 12 times a day. <laughs> I get tired. It seems like everything we do is in vain. You'll study, you'll put the time in, you'll preach, you'll teach, you'll show people, you'll try to help people, and they ignore you in the time of circumstance, or they ignore the word because the circumstances now overcome them. They react out of an emotion and not out of wisdom. We've got, Paul said by now, all of you should be teachers. And he said that's some, how many ever, thousands of years ago. I wonder how much further we should be now. <laughs> probably be more than te- we probably ought to be professors. Or we probably ought to be deans. But because we choose circumstance above God, we're constantly sucking on the milk. Because we don't want to take responsibility. We'd rather cast it off. I call that deflection. Instead of us standing up and saying, you know what, man, I, I was wrong. I done wrong. I'm, I was, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Instead of us doing that, you go, man, the only reason I've done it, you know, because he, he come up and he was saying, you know, he said something about your hair. This guy. We, all, we always justify him. I should have used him as an example about your hair. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> We always want to justify. Can I tell you one of the scariest places in my life was when God allowed me to understand what justification was. Because every time that you try or attempt to justify your actions, you have now moved into the position of God. Because now you're saying you're justifying your sin. You can't. Only God can justify your sin. Only Him. You're, we are justified by Christ. In Christ. He has made us holy. He has made us pure. He has made us accepted. When we justify, it's self-righteousness. And self-righteousness will take you to hell because you're saying that you don't need God. You don't need the blood of Christ. That's dangerous ground. We've got to be careful in what we do. We need to be conscious. How do we do that? By not putting so much time to this and putting more time to that. If this is getting you tore up, may this be your reminder. God help me in this because I really don't know what's happening. I'm not, I'm not asking you to take it away from me. I'm just asking you to teach me in it. Now if you see fit to remove it, now if it's not because of me and it's because of his ignorance or her ignorance, yeah, take it from me. Put it on them. Don't, don't put it on me. Now, that ain't a bad thing because David used to pray that on his enemies, right? David tell God just to smoke them. Just wipe them out. But instead of us focusing so much on what we're carrying from the past, 
and what we're facing today and what may come tomorrow, why can't we let it go? It's easier said than done. I know. That's why I'm saying, why can't we let it go? Look, I hold on to heart, not heartburn, sometimes. I hold on to heartaches. But I've had to, I've had to redirect my life, redirect my thoughts, so that I'm not hung up. So much so that it dictates my life. I'm not, all, I'm not over everything that's ever happened to me. And I, I dare not stand before you and tell you that I'm in full liberty and freedom of any heartaches or hurts. Because I'm not. I have them. All you got to do is say a couple names, buddy, and it just goes, whoop, right up inside of me again. And there I am again. I'm going, God, when am I ever going to get over this? But I can't ponder on it. If I ponder on it, I couldn't do what I do. I think God's just trying to give us an, give us an understanding that there's coming a time. And I believe the timing is now. The time of refreshing. I believe the timing is now. We got to let go of some stuff. Stop carrying some things. Get in unity. You know that was the only place in the Bible that he commands a blessing? It's the only place in the Bible he commands a blessing. In the place of unity. And we are so far from it. Why? We want a better life, but we can't tolerate them. I bet you God can't tolerate us sometime. I can see him sometime when my sister wake up in the morning with coffee in her hand. I just see him doing this. I know he does. Because I, I used to try to get in prayer, but she'd be up before me. And I'd have to pray for like two hours. And then I'd figure out, oh, now he's listening. You must have been with Lisa. He said, yeah. No, I'm joking. God loves you. God doesn't want to see you weary. He said, for all of those that are weary and heavy laden, come unto me. I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke. He's basically saying, look, just attach to me. Get hooked up with me. And if you'll walk this thing with me, we'll plow it together. Rest easy in me. Hold my hand. I'll hold yours. But too many times we want to fight it without him. God, I can fight better with both hands. I, I can't do it while I'm holding here. My heart hurts for a people. that choose to put everything else before God. The Bible says that they do, that people will do what they believe right in their own eyes. And it says there's, there's many ways that people will choose. But those, those ways that they choose leads them to death. And he says there's ways. So that's plural. So we have choices. But there's only one way. 
that will lead us safely. And that's his way. We can't just do it our way all the time. We think that we can fix your relationship based on how I fix my relationship. Sure, there might be some wisdom there, but it might not work for you. That way may not work. You grab your wife the way I would grab my wife, she'd probably knock you out. Mine didn't. I never grab my wife. It's one thing I don't do. It's one thing I've never done. Oh, I know, I know you haven't. You're still alive. But can I, I want to just encourage you this morning that no matter what you're going through right now and no matter what you've already been through in life, It's not greater than the God you serve. Well, Pastor, does that mean when I go home everything's good? No. It's not what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you to lean into Him. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all things. There's some things we have to put down. And you're going to have to choose to do that. I can't make you. God won't make you. Well, the Holy Spirit will try to persuade you. But it's your choice. So I don't know about you. I need a season of refreshing. And that doesn't mean just rest. It doesn't mean just rest. I need strength. I need courage. I need boldness. I need wisdom. I don't just need to rest. <laughs> right now, we, <laughs> truth be known, we probably rest more than we give to God anyway. You get plenty of rest. Don't tell me you just need to rest. You rest every day after work. You resting. Got your feet up on the couch and dogs on your laps and stuff. Right? God wants you to be in a season of refreshing and I believe it's now. You're going to have to make the choice whether you'll be refreshed or not. Because you're going to have to do some things. You will. You can't fix your problem. But there's things in your problem that you can do. And you're going to have to choose to put it away. You're not going to forget it, I promise you. You won't forget a heartache. You won't forget it. But you have to choose not to think on it. Don't let it overcome you. So don't walk through the rest of your Christian walk like this. I'm just tired. Oh, I'm making it. I'm getting through. You're victorious. I got a couple pages of notes if y'all want to hear some. But uh, <laughs> it's not where I was supposed to go, apparently. I was just, I was reminded about the, the pool of Bethesda when Jesus came up to the man and said, Do you want to be made whole? I mean, when I read that, I just, I'm going, Wow, really, God? You're, you're going to ask a guy a question like, no, I'm just hanging out here for the fellowship. Well, of course I want to be made whole. He was asking for a reason because there's people that don't want to be made whole. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice.
So choose to be free. Choose to walk in liberty. Choose to, choose to have strength. Choose to be energetic and upbeat. And be able to, to say it's all good. And believe it when you say it. It's not a spitter today. Sure is good though.